Yep Telstra offers a comprehensive examination of the intricate intersection between linguistics and the analysis of poetic texts. Telstra begins by addressing the inherent challenge in defining the relationship between grammar, viewed as a guiding system in human communication, and the use of rhetorical devices that shape the structure of poetic texts. This dilemma arises from the difficulty in striking a balance between linguistic structure and the strategic use of language in poetry. A significant portion of the essay is dedicated to the discussion of discourse and stylistic analysis in the context of poetry. Telstra notes that while text grammar research predominantly focuses on narrative texts, the study of poetic texts often categorizes them as exceptions to established grammatical norms. He proposes that the distinctiveness of poetry may lie in its deliberate deviation from these norms. However, this leads to a predicament in grammatical studies, where there's a need to explore how poetry systematically employs language, especially from a text linguistics perspective. Challenges include distinguishing between clauses and poetic lines, and developing data structures that can encompass both grammatical and rhetorical information. Also, Talstra touches upon stylistic analysis in poetry, emphasizing the often neglected role of syntax in the analysis of Hebrew verse. He cites contrasting views from scholars like Wilfred Watson, who laments the lack of syntactic focus in poetics, and Adele Berlin, who accentuates that current studies predominantly concentrate on syntactic analyses. This discrepancy affirms the varied expectations and approaches scholars have towards the syntax in poetry. Moreover, the essay delves into the differing methodologies of linguistic and rhetorical studies in the context of poetic analysis. Linguistic studies tend to analyse language as a system and texts as constructs of this system, without preconceived notions about genre or style. In contrast, rhetorical approaches focus more on literary constructs and devices, such as symmetry, assonance and parallel lines, asserting lexical and semantic aspects. This divergence presents a challenge in integrating these approaches to provide a comprehensive analysis of poetry. In sum, Talstra's essay meticulously explores the dynamic and often challenging relationship between linguistics and poetics, highlighting the need for a more integrated approach that encompasses both grammatical and rhetorical elements in the study of poetry. Furthermore, Talstra's examination of biblical Hebrew poetry revolves around the intricate challenge of analysing such texts. Should the focus be on the inherent linguistic system or on the literary devices employed? This dilemma arises from the distinct nature of poetry compared to prose, as outlined by Nikachi, 1997, who notes the difficulty in analysing poetic texts due to their unique features. Unlike prose, which is linear and diverse in its linguistic elements, poetry is characterised by its segmented structure, verses or strophes, significant lexical and semantic repetitions, and a prevalence of parallel elements. This distinction is crucial because it challenges the traditional linguistic approach, which heavily relies on syntactic analysis. Talstra debates whether the absence of a clear text grammatical system in poetry should be considered its defining trait, or whether the focus should shift towards the semantics and rhetorical devices. This leads to a crucial dichotomy in the field. Should the starting point be grammar or stylistics? Talstra mentions the possibility of disengaging linguistics from poetics, suggesting that the analysis of poetic texts 
might be better left to those skilled in rhetoric and artistic expression. He cites Walsh's 1993 work on Isaiah 41 as an exemplar of this approach, where a detailed examination of chiastic patterns and thematic allusions is prioritised over systematic syntactical analysis. However, Telstra advocates for a different approach. He suggests starting the analysis of poetic texts as discourse, indicating the importance of morphological, lexical and syntactical data in understanding these texts. He argues that while poetic devices utilise the same grammatical structures as prose, they differ in their selection and repetition of elements. This approach is about distinguishing the general linguistic system from the specific markers that constitute the poetic composition. Telstra's method involves a detailed analysis of linguistic patterns in poetic texts, as demonstrated in his work on Deuteronomy and Isaiah 41, where he explores text structure through a combination of syntactic, lexical and semantic observations. His aim is to describe poetic texts as dynamic processes, integrating linguistic system analysis with artistic considerations. This methodology challenges the traditional view of poetry as a static, aesthetically focused entity, advocating for a more nuanced understanding that incorporates both linguistic and literary elements. In addition, Telstra's research on the Book of Deuteronomy is a comprehensive study focusing on the grammatical analysis of phrases and phrase types, particularly contrasting the poetic sections in chapters 32 and 33 with the rest of the book. His work centres around understanding whether different phrase types are employed in these poetic sections and whether there is a consistent pattern in their usage. A key observation in biblical poetry, noted in general grammars, is the tendency to avoid the definite article. Talstra elaborates on this by referring to Murayoka's analysis, which maintains the flexibility in the usage of the article in poetry, often omitted due to metrical considerations. However, Talstra's study goes beyond this observation. His analysis shows that while phrases with a definite article are typically avoided in poetic sections, the length of a phrase is not a constraint, as long phrases, often segmented by conjunctions, are common. This implies a strong preference for parallelism in phrase construction in Deuteronomy's poetry. The core of Talstra's analysis is the list of main phrase types identified in Deuteronomy, based on phrases comprising elements like nouns, proper names, or adjectives. Through this, he concludes that poetic sections in Deuteronomy don't necessarily create unique phrase types, but instead selectively use options available in Hebrew grammar. Telstra's approach points out the significance of starting the analysis of poetic texts from a grammatical standpoint. He suggests that the distinctive features in poetic texts might stem more from preferences within a regular linguistic system rather than from extraordinary artistic production. This viewpoint calls for further research into text transmission, especially in poetic texts where punctuation might suggest the presence of an article. Further, Talstra provides a detailed breakdown of phrase patterns in Deuteronomy, differentiating between those common to both poetic and non-poetic sections, and those exclusive to poetic sections. This analytical approach provides a deeper understanding of the linguistic styles and structures preferred in biblical poetry, reinforcing the idea that these choices are deeply rooted in the Hebrew grammatical system. Besides, Talstra dives into the intricate relationship between linguistic structures and literary devices within the realm of biblical Hebrew poetry, 
he challenges the conventional methodology of analysing biblical poetry, which typically reiterates poetic lines or colons as the primary units. Instead, Talstra contends for a linguistic-centric approach, proposing that the syntactic clause, rather than the poetic line, should be the focal point of analysis. In illustrating his point, Talstra uses a segment from Isaiah 41. This example serves to demonstrate the complexity and variety of clause types and sequences present in Hebrew poetry. He observes a notable deviation from what might be considered a standard or default clause pattern, verb-subject-object, VSO, in poetic texts. This observation leads him to suggest that such deviations are not exceptions, but are essential elements of poetic expression. His approach repeats analysing the actual forms and distributions of clauses within the text, moving away from fitting them into a predetermined linguistic framework. Talstra critically examines the work of Rosenbaum, acknowledging its significance in exploring the linguistic underpinnings of biblical texts. However, he critiques Rosenbaum's transition from linguistic to poetic categories, debating that it obscures the crucial relationship between clauses and poetic lines. For Talstra, the analytical journey should commence with linguistic categories, subsequently incorporating poetic categories. This progression, he disputes, is more conducive to a comprehensive understanding of the text. Overall, Talstra advocates for a text-linguistic or text-grammatical approach to the analysis of biblical poetry. He posits that beginning with a syntactic analysis allows for a deeper exploration of the text, before delving into poetic structures like parallelism or terseness. This methodology, according to Talstra, offers a more insightful and effective means of dissecting the complex interplay between language and literary artistry in biblical texts. Additionally, Talstra presents a comprehensive text-grammatical approach to understanding biblical poetry. He challenges the traditional division of grammar into separate categories for poetic and narrative texts proposing that the mechanisms for reading poetry are fundamentally similar to those used for other text types. According to Talstra, poetry distinctively selects phrases and clauses, employing a diverse range of lexical expressions and clause-building patterns to construct its textual world. Central to Talstra's thesis is the concept of co-processing in poetry, where syntactic, lexical and phonological patterns are integrated including extra-grammatical elements like metrical patterns and refrains for performance enhancement. This approach diverges from the conventional focus on parallelism and terseness, offering a more nuanced understanding of poetic structure. Talstra underlines the importance of understanding how lexical and syntactic markers function in poetry. These markers are particularly potent in poetry due to features like terseness and parallelism and they play a crucial role in guiding the reader through the text. This is exemplified in his detailed analysis of the hierarchy of clauses and linguistic arguments in a poetic text, demonstrating how these elements aid in following the text's progression and in defining its network of grammatical and lexical relations. Also, he explores the set of markers used in his text analysis, illustrating how a structure established by linguistic arguments can offer insights into a text's rhetorical devices, which are often chosen from available grammatical options. Talstra's method involves comparing the text-grammatical approach with traditional textual divisions and rhetorical thematic analyses found in exegetical studies. Talstra's work significantly contributes to the field 
by elucidating how biblical poetry employs syntactic and lexical markers at the textual level. This text grammatical analysis, he contends, not only helps in uncovering the linguistic architecture of a text, but also in revealing its rhetorical devices. His comparison between grammatical and stylistic thematic approaches underscores how a focus on grammar can enhance the understanding of a text as a poetic discourse, offering a richer and more complex interpretation than stylistic analyses alone. Last but not least, Telstra, in his conclusions on the analysis of biblical poetry, presents a nuanced discussion about the complexities inherent in text analysis, particularly in the context of poetry. He identifies a paradox in the conventional approach to analysing poetic texts, where there's a conflict between prioritising rhetorical or semantic aspects and the demand for more in-depth syntactical analysis. This paradox arises because focusing predominantly on rhetorical design often leads to the marginalization of syntax, despite its integral role in the linguistic system. Telstra advocates for a syntactical or text-grammatical analysis of poetry that employs general grammatical categories. This approach is grounded in the premise that there's no need for a separate, specialised grammar exclusively for poetic texts. He observes that poetry exhibits specific preferences in its selection of grammatical forms from the general grammar. These preferences are what distinguish poetry from prose, but importantly, not in terms of their underlying grammatical systems. A critical insight Telstra offers is the limitation of rhetorical or stylistic analyses that tend to freeze the text into a static, albeit artistic, entity. Such approaches, while emphasising the aesthetic and stylistic elements, often overlook the dynamic and communicative nature of texts. In contrast, a text grammatical analysis not only acknowledges, but also accentuates the text as a living discourse, a process of communication that evolves and resonates with its audience. Moreover, Telstra affirms the symbiotic relationship between rhetorical or stichometrical techniques and the structural and performance aspects of a text. He debates that text grammatical analysis can provide deeper insights into how these techniques amplify the text's overall impact and meaning. However, he concludes with the acknowledgement that this area of study is still evolving, calling for more research to explore and understand the intricate relationship between grammatical categories and rhetorical strategies. This research, he suggests, would contribute significantly to a more holistic and integrated approach to textual analysis, especially in the realm of poetry. In conclusion, Talstra's in-depth examination of the interplay between linguistics and the analysis of poetic texts sheds light on the complexities of this relationship. He begins by addressing the challenge of defining how grammar, a fundamental system in human communication, intersects with the use of rhetorical devices in poetry. This challenge stems from the need to balance the structural rigidity of linguistic rules with the creative liberties taken in poetic language. Furthermore, a considerable part of Talstra's essay is dedicated to the discourse and stylistic analysis within the realm of poetry. He observes that while most text grammar research focuses on narrative texts, poetic texts are often treated as exceptions to conventional grammatical norms. This situation raises questions about the distinctiveness of poetry and how it systematically employs language, particularly from a text linguistics perspective. In addition, Talstra contrasts the methodologies of linguistic studies 
with those of rhetorical analysis. Linguistic approaches view language as a systemic construct, while rhetorical studies concentrate more on literary elements such as symmetry and assonance, asserting the lexical and semantic aspects of poetry. Further, in his exploration of biblical Hebrew poetry, Talstra identifies the unique challenges posed by its analysis. Unlike the linear and varied nature of prose, poetry is characterized by a segmented structure, replete with lexical repetitions and parallel elements. He debates whether the absence of a clear text grammatical system in poetry should be seen as its defining trait, or whether the focus should shift to semantics and rhetorical devices. Besides, Talstra's study on the Book of Deuteronomy involves a detailed grammatical analysis of phrases and phrase types. He notes a preference for parallelism in phrase construction in the poetic sections, and suggests that these sections use options available in Hebrew grammar selectively. Ultimately, Talstra advocates for a syntactical or text-grammatical approach to poetry analysis, using general grammatical categories. He disputes against the need for a specialised grammar for poetic texts, highlighting the limitations of solely rhetorical or stylistic analyses. His approach indicates the dynamic and communicative nature of poetry, suggesting that integrating grammatical and rhetorical strategies can lead to a more holistic understanding of poetic texts.